We're never going to be 100% ready. So massive imperfect action is one thing that we always uh, preach at Wholesaling Inc. Massive imperfect action is good, and that's exactly what you need when you're starting off. Hello and welcome to Pillars of Wealth Creation, where we talk about creating financial success with a special focus on business and real estate. I'm your host, Todd Dexheimer. Now, let's get to it. Hello and welcome back to Pillars of Wealth Creation. I'm your host, Todd Dexheimer. With me, we got Rafael Cortez. Rafael, how are you doing today, man? I'm doing well, man. Thanks for having me. Uh, excellent. Well, I appreciate you being on the show. And a little bit about Rafael. He's a second-generation entrepreneur from Yuma, Arizona. After becoming one of the, the youngest firefighters in Yuma County, he launched his first company at the age of 23. Man, that's old. And maintained <laughs> constant growth until he successfully sold the company in 2014. Rafael is currently an organizational psychologist and real estate coach and investor holding ownership in multiple companies in various verticals, uh, working with Wholesaling Inc. Rafael uses his investment knowledge, entrepreneurial spirit, and training as an organizational psychologist to help others become successful real estate investors. With that said, get, like let's break that down a little bit so our listeners know exactly what you're doing, what's Wholesale, Wholesaling Inc. Uh, actually doing. Give us, give us some uh, breakdown here. Cool, cool. Yeah. So uh, entrepreneurial, um, entrepreneurship wise, I started a long time ago in different verticals, and then I got into real estate. Uh, currently, I'm the I'm the head coach. Um, I'm the head coach for Wholesaling Inc., which is a a coaching uh, company, real estate um, wholesale. A coaching company. And basically what we come in and teach is, is how to find uh, motivated sellers. So there's a strategy called wholesaling where you can sell your vested interest in a contract. Um, so you have to come in, find uh, sellers. So find properties that are in distress that qualify for that wheelhouse uh, and then negotiate them. And then you can sell that contract for a profit. So um, it plays into the real estate world. It's not flipping a property. You're not picking up a hammer or anything right. like that. But um, but that's uh, that's that's what real estate wholesaling is. It's, it's selling your vested interest in a contract, and and through wholesaling Inc., that's the the main thing that we do. We teach people how to uh, create wealth through through that type of transaction. So, why why real estate and why wholesaling? Um, I, uh, when I start, I started in, in transportation. So, so it's, there was a lot of logistics. My first business was a non-emergency medical transportation company, um, after I left the fire department and, um, and it was just a ton of headaches with a bunch of employees and, and I couldn't scale the company and scale the profits at the same time. Uh, if that makes sense. It's anytime I, I wanted to make more revenue, I had to create more expenses. So I started looking for different models and I, I got into real estate um, investments and to, you know, flipping my first property back in 2009 um, and, and started playing around with it. And I saw that the model was a lot easier to handle than having this big, massive uh, company uh, with a ton of employees uh, and the profits, you know, percentage wise was, was a lot better. Um, and uh, as I got more into it, I mean, I started looking for properties just like the, the typical rehabber. And, uh, and I started seeing coming across people who had deals, right? Like, where are these people getting them from? Um, and uh, and I, so I started buying properties from wholesalers. And I started seeing the, uh, the transactions on, on, on the closing statements on the HUDs. 
um, as a, you know, the, this guy that sold me the property is making $15,000 on the property and me flipping it, I'm making $20,000 on the property. <laughs> Where is this coming from? So, the, I mean, that was the, uh, the assignment fee, right? And uh, so I started looking more into it and, and I ended up, I mean, it, it's, I rather flip um, contracts and paper than, than flip a property at these, you know, at this time. So <laughs> it makes a lot more sense. Sure. Sure. Um, you know, you grew up in this entrepreneurial household, right? Mm -hmm. You're second generation. And I'm sure, you know, a lot of people that aren't, aren't entrepreneurs, likely a lot of your childhood friends weren't like, maybe this is hard to come up with, but what, like, what's different in an entrepreneur house than in just like somebody who works at W2? Is there anything like your parents did that you feel were different? Um, well, first, a little context on that. I come from a, a single mother um, uh, household, right? Hmm. And and she did have, so she had a, a the, the one thing that we had or that I had growing up was the entrepreneur spirit. I would see her just hustle every single day because she set up shop uh, on this small little grocery store that she used to own. Um, and this was back in Mexico, right? So she used to own this little grocery in Mexico. We lived across the border in the States, but she would actually go uh, or have her business and go work in Mexico and then come back every single mm -hmm. night, uh, border town. So that's, I mean, I grew up seeing her do that kind of stuff. And, and I think, I mean, it, I mean, she, she, uh, you know, humble beginnings, uh, you know, grew up in a, in a, in a mobile home and it wasn't, um, it wasn't the, uh, you know, the flashiness that, that comes with the word entrepreneur. Yeah. It, it wasn't any of that. So I saw it all happening as, as it was, you know, I never lacked, you know, food or anything like that. So I didn't realize that, you know, we weren't, you know, for, for the most part, we were not even in the middle class. It, it's just, we were, you know, making stuff work. Uh, thanks to mom, and she was hustling back and forth. And I think that's really what uh, what the difference was. It's me growing up with that and then seeing it as a normal standard. Uh, I would yeah. just see her go to work and then get stuff done, come back, and then do it all over again the next day. Um, and, and and yeah, you're right. I mean, as far as uh, friendships, a lot of my friends, you know, from high school and junior high growing up, they're not, um, they don't have, you know, they're not looking for their own yeah. their own journey or entrepreneur journey. They're, they're well settled and they're perfectly happy in a, in a, in a space, but it, it's, it's just something that I grew up with. And I think that was main, the biggest difference. Yeah. You know, that's, it's interesting to, to hear. And, you know, you, you had a, a mother that was hustling like that and you get to see that every day. And it's funny as a, as a kid, you don't like, you don't even know, like you, you, you know that your mom's working hard, but you don't, you don't know that you don't like maybe have money and stuff like that. You don't, it doesn't register. You think it doesn't normal. register. Yeah. It's just how you live. You know, it's, a, it's yeah. funny, but, but it's actually probably the best, like a really good thing that, that you were able to grow up and see and <clears throat> likely had this, you know, you gotta, you gotta bust your butt. You got to bust yeah. your brain to be an entrepreneur. And that's the truth. Yeah. You got to watch firsthand at an entrepreneur, you know, bust their butt. And yeah. Yeah. Well, one of the things that I, I, uh, I've talked about a couple of times, it's, it's, uh, I think, uh, I simply grew up in a, in a, in a good era. Right. So I had, I saw the hustle of, of, you know, the good old fashioned elbow grease and, you know, going in, putting in the work and then coming back mm -hmm. with a paycheck. Uh, but I also got to see the beginnings of, of technology. I'm a child of the eighties. I was born in 83 and 37 now. Um, so, so going, growing up, you know, in the nineties, early two thousands, 
I, I got the work ethic from my mom. Um, I mean, that's definitely where it came from. No contest. And then I got to mix it up a little bit with the, with the technology that we started playing around. I mean, we started talking about email, <laughs> we started, you know, doing all that stuff that now it's, it's common. Right. But when you mix it with good old hard work, I think I, we were just in a, in a time that, um, you know, that was both. Yeah, it was a good recipe. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, you can do a lot with with work ethic. <laughs> I, I, I agree. I'm kind of in that uh, little era too. Like, you, you know, technology was there; it was developing very quickly. But yet, um, hard work was for sure not looked down upon. I mean, that that was you you needed. Oh, absolutely. Time, so absolutely, yeah, yeah. Um, let's let's talk about you know you've you've got different companies and and you've had different companies. What do you see keys to when you're first getting started? Like what are, what are some of the key things to find success like that you need to do early on um, or, or to make sure you're setting yourself up for success? Uh, when you're starting a business and, and I fell into this, uh, this uh, mistake uh, at the beginning, actually a few times. So it, it's trial and error for me, but it's, uh, it's getting focused <clears throat> on the stuff that doesn't uh, generate uh, revenue right out of the gate. Um, so focusing on income generating activities is going to be the biggest thing. And it doesn't matter what you're doing. It doesn't matter if you're starting up a, a, a popsicle shop or, or, you know, tapping into your real estate wholesale business. It's something that I always teach. We have to focus first off on income generating activities and whatever that looks like for your business, um, it, you know, it's going to be different, right? In our case, it's, it's finding sellers. So we have to focus on the marketing. We have to focus on the seller conversations uh, and then worry about, you know, the rest of the transaction process, uh, worry about the logo, worry about, you know, the, uh, the how the branding is going to look. Um, it, it's, it's simple, but at the beginning, you're, you're in a level one type company. And what that is, is, you know, the priority is going certain order. The first priority is going to be cash. The second priority is going to be people. The third priority is going to be systems. All right. So, so the, uh, you, you can't have systems in place if you can't keep the lights out on, uh, you can't have people, uh, you know, on your hiring squad, if you can, um, if you can't keep the lights on, right. So you need cash, you come in income generating activities, and then focus on hiring and then focus on dialing the, the systems. And I think a lot of times people want to have the CRM, they want to have, you know, the website, yeah. they want to have the logo, the look, um, and, and the email campaigns and the funnels and all kinds of stuff laid out first before they actually tap into generating income. And, and I mean, it's, it's, you're almost asking for, for, for failure because if you don't have, you know, deep uh, pockets, it, cash is going to run out quick, a lot faster than, than usually anticipated. <laughs> Yep. Yep. I, that's so true. I mean, I, I'm the perfect example of that to probably a little bit to a <laughs> negative. Uh, but I started in real estate in 2008 and I didn't get my first website till 2017. Mm. I was focused so much on growth and building and the website was the last thing on my mind. Now, maybe don't wait that long, <laughs> but, but we've got to make sure we're, I, I like that. <clears throat> those three things to take care of the cash, take care, you know, get, you know, cash people and systems. I think that's right. Really, really valuable for anybody who's first starting up. I see so many people that are like, Oh, I got to get the perfect business cards the perfect logo, the perfect yeah. 
you know, all this kind of stuff. It's like, uh, yeah, a lot of that is it, it's uh, it's just it's evading. It's procrastination on on things mm -hmm. that, you know, we're fearful of yes. um, picking up the phone. If you need a cold call on, you know, actually, you know, going out there and networking and, and, and tapping into, you know, new relationships like ah, I'm going to wait until I have this in place. So they see I got to have everything ready. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So so um, it, that's never going to happen. We're never going to be 100 percent ready. So massive imperfect action is one thing that we always uh, preach at Wholesaling Inc. Massive imperfect action is good. And that's exactly what you need when you're starting off. I like that massive imperfect action. I'm going to, I'm going to credit you once and I'm going to steal that for <laughs> myself. So, um, it's I, a beautiful I, thing. I recently read the book, um, by Phil Knight shoe dog. Have you read that book? No, yet? no, I haven't read that one. It's a, it's a great book. And so he, he flies to Japan and meets with Tiger Shoes. And he's trying to convince, he's going to convince Tiger Shoes that he's going to sell their brand in the U.S. And they ask him what his company name is. And he didn't have a company at the time. So he just like, first thing that popped in his head, he like, he said, the first thing that popped in my head was a blue ribbon. And so that's what he said, blue ribbon sports or whatever. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it just like goes to show you. Yeah. You know, obviously, we know the success of of Phil Knight and of Nike. Yeah. Yeah. And that's how he started. He didn't even he didn't have a logo. He didn't even have a brand. He didn't even have a company. He had to form the company afterwards. He was right. focused on actually creating something first. So it's just goes to show you exactly what you what you're saying is so true so yeah another thing i would add um to that is it's if you find a way to cut the learning curve i mean get get uh you know either team up partner up with somebody who has experience uh or get mentorship i mean you know yeah. pay for trainings and that sort of thing I and mean, that makes sense because it it cuts the learning curve and and you're not just kind of aiming aimlessly for you know for cash generating activities and figuring it all out. I mean it, it's it's buying time. You know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. For yeah. sure, absolutely. Yeah, but when you're when you're uh, when you start tackling things that way, opportunities are going to come at you. And then as you're as you're taking actions, you start getting clarity over the process that you're 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 um, you're working on, right? So when mm -hmm. Case in point, the transportation company. I had no clue how to put it together. I had no, uh, no idea. I just needed. Uh, I just knew that I needed a van. That was step one. So I went for that, um, and then I, I realized I needed to do all kinds of upgrades to the first van and turn it into a wheelchair van. And mm -hmm. like that was step two. And and you start just you know figuring all this out. You document the process. You start meeting people along the way that connected with somebody else, and then you start. Everything is cloudy. But yeah. after you uh, you take uh, you know massive and perfect action, it, it's, <laughs> things start you know getting uh, a, you know a little bit more collected, right. And, right? and then you have a picture. Yeah, yeah. Uh, massive and perfect action. There it is again. Right. If you're exploring the different ways to invest in real estate, then you've got to check out my new book called Book About Real Estate. It summarizes, reviews, and condenses over 20 top real estate books to help give you an understanding of the full spectrum of real estate investing very quickly. So buy it today on Amazon by searching for Book About Real Estate by Matt Jones. Let's talk, since we're on kind of this uh, this train here, let's talk about your, your operating systems and let's let's dive into the systems and the business maybe you want to talk wholesaling or or just business in general um i find it interesting the people that are good at at the wholesaling that are wholesaling and real estate the people that are actually good at it because there's a lot of people that do it yeah. and dabble and there's a lot of turnover 
a lot there's a turnover. lot of turnover uh but the people that are good at it have the systems in place and are doing it right what what do you speak about the the operating systems that you've found in your business and how can people you know learn from what you've learned well, it's, I mean, it's huge. Again, if, if you're, if you're jumping into something that uh, that's new to you, you definitely want to tap somewhere where, where, I mean, you, you don't want to build the road. I mean, you know what I mean? Especially in something right. like this, that's, that's already been tried and tested, but um, having systems in place is the only way that you can automate and, uh, you know, delegate and elevate. It's the only way that you can step away from the business at any point in time. Otherwise, uh, if you if you don't have a, a a process and systems in place, all you have is a side hustle. I, I yeah. don't care what you call it. It may be your LLC, it may be you know your logo, may be the greatest logo in the world. But if you don't have a way to run it without you being there, it's a side hustle. You've created a job for yourself, and and you're not a business owner. You're just self-employed. So uh, the 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 drawback to that is that if you step away from it, everything crumbles and falls to the floor. It, it, it's not you know sustainable without you in it. Uh, when you have systems, it, it's it's a whole different ballgame. Um, for example, uh, for for wholesaling, um, the uh, all of our, all of our coaching is really uh, the uh, shaped around six six different principles. Right, one is is sourcing. We have to source the deals. The two is qualifying the deals. Make sure that we're not, you know, talking to to people who don't make sense and they they all fit our wheelhouse. Uh, three is going to be the acquisitions process. So we negotiate um, and you know go through the process of discovery and you know sit down with the sellers. Four is going to be the dispositions process, um, and that's your your disposition structure. How are you going to sell that contract and make money on that deal? And there's so many different ways to to structure that. Um, and then fifth. A lot of people stop at uh, one common thing that I see, especially in wholesaling in this particular model is they'll stop at the dispo and then they'll just start all over again. But um, the two most important steps really come after the dispo. That's when you start, when you measure, you measure your KPIs, you track your performance on every single one of the deals on every single one of the campaigns that you're working on. Uh, you s- and, and then you, uh, you improve. So measure and improve. Mm. Those are the last two steps. Um, and when you're improving, uh, your overall flow of things, uh, your marketing dollars are best spent. Uh, you start figuring out where your kinks are at and you can pinpoint, you know what, our conversion rate was was crappy because our our, um, our script is not, you know, converting well. So we need to switch that. And you can pinpoint little, uh, you know, areas in your business that are causing the problems as opposed to thinking, oh, you know what, I have a problem, but I don't know exactly where it's at. If you break it down, if you chunk it down, and keep it all linear, you're going to have a good picture of where you can come in and improve it. Uh, yeah, but it's, it's, it's a, and, uh, and I'm using the, the, the wholesaling uh, model because that's what we're coaching, but uh, it, it goes the same way in, 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 you know, any industry to tap into. Yeah. Yeah. You, you can take in what you just said there. I mean, you know, I buy multifamily, same, same thing, just slightly different or slightly different mm-hmm. time frames. You know, you can take really any business and it's still, again, little twists on it, but it's still that sourcing, qualifying, um, you know, acquiring the disposition, measuring and improving. It's still right. the same main, main concepts. Yeah. The KPIs might be, it might be a little different to each industry right. and, and method or, or even your business. Right. I mean, we track, I know we track some KPIs that are not common, 
but they help us on the marketing side. And, um, and, but, you know, having that, having a, a process and accountability more than anything, that's what a system does really. I mean, you can plug people into it and then you can hold them accountable. This is what was supposed to happen at this stage of the process. And, um, and, and you minimize the, uh, the, um, the rooms for error, right? Not everything is uh, subjective. When you hire, this is the one thing that kills me. Uh, so somebody will hire an acquisitions um, uh, rep and they'll tell them, yeah, I mean, go, go lock deals. They'll you know, yeah. spend a ton of cash in marketing and then they'll just give it to this one person that they just brought in. But there's no really, you know, there's no training and process. There's no uh, conversion process. There's no, uh, so it's all subjective and, and the acquisition can do, if it's a great acquisitions guy, you're good, right? Uh, but if it's not, um, you're gonna lose money on the leads and, and you can't hold anybody accountable because you don't know what to track and that sort of thing. So that's where yeah. systems really come in. Um, I mean, which way you paint them, it, it, it's, or how you paint them can, you know, can vary, but, but you got to have something like that in, in place as you start building and fine tuning your business. Yeah. 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 yeah it makes a lot of sense. What, um, let's talk about, um, mistake you've made. Let's pick a, pick a mistake. And more importantly, how'd you learn from it? How'd you improve from it? Uh, pick a mistake. I uh, jumped in, I'll pick real estate. Um, I said, I mentioned that I did, um, I, I flipped my first house in 2009. Um, and, and I, I think I bought it right. It was when the marketing uh, or the market was, was, you know, still at the bottom. It wasn't going down any further. It was just, yep. you know, bottom pricing. It was a good time to buy. I bought it right, but I jumped in and I didn't really, um, I didn't know what I was doing. I just didn't, you know, okay. I, I knew how to swing a hammer and that was it, but I didn't know about permits. I didn't know about, you know, sourcing deals. I didn't know, you know, where to sell the deals. All I knew I had to hire a realtor. And uh, I, I mean, I made so mistakes on that, on that first flip uh, with contractors, uh, you know, during the, uh, the, uh, the administration of the whole process, I thought I had it all dialed in and yeah, this is, I mean, I built a company. I know I can do this. <laughs> oh my God. Jeez. Yeah. The, the time frame was a lot shorter than building a regular business. Right. So you, yeah. in a couple of months uh, you're in the hole. So I bought, I bought the property. I didn't price it right. Um, you know, I didn't run the comps right. Uh, when I hired, I hired high. I was paying way more than I should have, uh, you know, for, for the contractors and, and the, the work was subpar. So many different mistakes. It, it just, and the uh, ego got to me. That, that was it. I mean, honestly, long story short, uh, my ego was so inflated. It was so up there that I'd like, oh, this is, I don't need to reach out to anybody. I got this. And I didn't. I lost money on that first flip. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's so easy though as an entrepreneur to think you can do it all on your own, isn't it? Like, yeah, we just think we're good at everything. We're gonna do it all. Like, we got this. The the ego, or sometimes it's not even the ego. It's just like we have to do. It's probably ego still. We have to. Do <laughs> ego is not your amiga. <laughs> no. <laughs> I like it. Uh, yeah. Yeah, so. yeah, but I think I think that's it. I mean, just um, not not cutting the learning curve when I could. Yeah, that's that's really one of the biggest things, um, because I know um, now I understand, uh, for example, over the last uh, couple of years, it, it's my my thought process has switched from how to who uh, instead of how can I figure this out is who can help me or who already knows how to do this that I can reach out to and they can help me get there faster, um, especially the uh, the. Um, the group of people that are, that are around me right now, my, I mean, it, it's really my power panel. It's a bunch of friends really, but we're all in this, you know, similar industries and, 
and uh, we all hang out and kind of share, um, you know, our, our, our highs, our lows, our problems, and, and, and we work uh, together to, to help each other out. Uh, but that's been, I mean, invaluable, just having that, um, that mentality of how can I cut the learning curve? Who can I reach out to? I mean, if I, if, you know, one of my, if I think one of my friends can help me out, you know, I'll reach out to them. And it's, it's, we're like a common little resource, right? Uh, if we have to come in and, I mean, we're part of multiple masterminds as well, and, you know, pay for that stuff and, and you have access to this big network, but it's, it's cutting that is going to get you a lot faster. Um, I'm sorry, a lot further, a lot faster. Yeah, for sure. It's funny that you, you mentioned, uh, the who and not the how this you're the second person I interviewed today. And the, the uh, previous person said the exact same thing. Like, really? <laughs> got to focus on the who and, and not the how and not the what, like, yeah, figure out who's yep. there, who can, who you, who you can partner with, who you can use as a resource. Mm-hmm. And you're going to go so much farther, faster and with better results. Absolutely. Yeah. You don't have to relearn the, the, you know, how to build the car, right? It's, it's yeah. there's already a, somebody out there that knows how to do it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Why, why reinvent it when it's already being done? So exactly. Um, what's, uh, what's a goal that you have or what's your kind of main goal moving forward? What are you, where are you going to, where do you see yourself going and doing? So, I mean, going forward, I have right now a run for, for different businesses. One is the, uh, the, uh, I own a real estate brokerage. Um, I'm in Phoenix, Arizona. Uh, so I own a real estate brokerage here. I own a, a real estate investment company, which is, you know, we do wholesale and flips through that company. Um, and I'm, I'm an organizational psychologist. So I do a lot of business coaching and consulting for different businesses. Uh, so, I mean, between those three, I think uh, we have, we just actually sat down this year and laid out the plans for, for 2021 and, and, you know, how we're going to come in and crush it. So all that stuff is laid out. But I think right now, um, the biggest focus is really going to be on the on the real estate coaching side of things uh, through Wholesaling Inc. It, it's, a, it's a great platform. It's a great space. And at, at the end of the day, I have this one purpose in, in my head. And, and this has been, you know, for years. I, I want to empower entrepreneurship. I was really young when I started dabbling with entrepreneurship and looking into, you know, researching business and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I didn't have a lot of resources back then. I didn't know who to go to. I went to the SBA, they gave me a business plan and, and that's about as far as that went. Um, it helped me, but it wasn't, I mean, I still had a lot of questions and doubts. So I guess um, sitting in my own space, one of the things that I thought about is, is, you know, what makes me happy and that's to empower entrepreneurship. At the end of the day, if I go to bed and I feel like I empowered entrepreneurship somehow, some way, and, and I mean empowered as in, you know, tools, strategies, tactics, motivation, all that stuff, not just, you know, yeah. not just uh, motivation or inspiring. That's, that's, that goes away in two days. Yeah. But when you empower somebody, when you truly empower somebody, they can, it's a life changing thing, right? And, and to me, it's the focus for this year is going to be um, on that. On empowering entrepreneurship and and the market that i choose to do it in is in is through wholesaling coaching yeah that that that's really cool and then it's a it's fun to be at that part in the journey uh to be able to be giving back like that and yeah it's it's crazy to think you know back in when you first started this journey 23 years old i mean the just the the lack of resources that were really publicly available was it's just amazing when you look at what's around right now, the opportunity that young people have. You said, I think uh, your first business uh, was when you were 23. Is that right? 
Yeah, well, Maybe I started dabbled working. in little businesses before that, even. Yeah. But, <clears throat> oh yeah. Uh, but I sold but, all kinds of stuff in high school. That sort of thing. <laughs> yeah. But you, th- you, know, you think nothing about, illegal. Nothing illegal. Nothing Let me illegal. Just throw, it, throw a disclaimer good. out there. <laughs> yeah, I had some friends that sold some stuff too. Yeah. <laughs> nothing to be proud of. Um, <laughs> but you know, at 23 years old, somebody who's 23 right now, they have just an amazing amount of resources to tap into, which is, which is awesome. And it speaks to where we've gone and, um, and to be able to give back to people. I think that's, that's awesome. So I commend you for that, um, for really making that a focus. So, um, <laughs> what's a favorite book that you can pass on to our listeners? Uh, favorite book. I think, I mean, well, there, there's a different, I guess, different categories, but the one book that I'm always going to go back to is, is um, actually, if, if, uh, if I can do two, uh, one of them that helped me a lot in my journey is The Alchemist, by, uh, and that's more of a fable, um, but it's uh, by Paulo Coelho and uh, The Alchemist, right? It's, it's a journey about finding yourself, finding your truth, and, uh, and that to me made a lot of sense. I guess I read it at the right time. Um, and then as far as um, um, personal development, uh, one uh, other book that I, that I would highly recommend is The Go-Giver, mm. The Go-Giver book. Uh, yeah, but those two are, are really, really good stuff. Yeah, awesome. Awesome. <clears throat> Appreciate that. Um, all right. So last question before we wrap up. What are your three pillars of wealth creation? Three pillars of wealth creation. One, it's I think you got to have multiple sources of revenue. Um, one, because it allows you to pivot uh, whenever you need to. And if one, I mean, one leg falls off, it's kind of like a table, right? One leg, you know, you can still stand on the other three while you put it back together. Right. So multiple um, streams of income. Uh, at this point, I'm running on six streams of income uh, between the um, the businesses and, and uh, uh, software that I developed and stuff like that, right? So I have multiple uh, streams coming in. That's one. Uh, two is going to be having a system. I mean, because that is wealth creation, having uh, operating systems in place, a process uh, that you follow and you can plug people in. Wealth creation to me, it's not, it's not just monetary. Mm-hmm. It, it's, it's freedom in time. It's owning your options, right? And, and at the end of the day, I want to own my options and I want to have a bunch of options. That's, that's how I see uh, personal wealth. Yeah. And uh, if I don't have a process or systems in place where I can plug people who are better at, you know, at those things than me, I, I can't walk away from the business. Yeah. So you almost have to build stuff, um, reverse engineer stuff in, in a way that uh, you're thinking franchise you know, style, right? Uh, if you were to delegate it, um, automate it, delegate it, and elevate it, what would that look like? And, and that's where systems come in. Um, the, uh, the other one, the other pillar for me, it's distribution. How do you distribute, uh, distribute your, your earnings? Um, and I don't know if we have a, a couple of minutes for that, but I yeah, can, I can elaborate. Yeah. Elaborate. I want to hear. <clears throat> so, so, um, for example, business, anything that goes into the business, um, I'll cover, I'll cover, um, uh, overhead, right? So we have a, a budget for each one of the businesses. So we cover the budget, anything that comes in, we have to cover that budget first, uh, before, um, and my salary is paid out of that. So my salary is already part of the business expenses, um, profit first. And um, the, uh, we leave, uh, or I leave 30% of whatever the, uh, the, the, um, the profits are, whatever, you know, it's above uh, the, 
30% of the net revenue goes, you know, stays in the business. And I always leave it on there. It's just a growing account. So we cover the budget and then we grow by 30% uh, on the bank account. And then if we need to do owner's draws, we'll do owner's draws on, on whatever the balance is. Right. That's one. That's what it looks like on the, uh, on, uh, on the business side of things. And I have the same, you know, simple model for, for everything on the personal side. Uh, and I think that's, that's more important at a personal level. I have, um, I have five, five different buckets uh, that I distribute my money into. Uh, one is my tithe account. So I have a tithe account and I get 10% and, every, you know, 10% goes straight into it. And that's, that's not mine. I get 10% of whatever income comes in um, through, you know, payroll or through owner's draws. It doesn't matter how much it is. 10% goes straight into a tithe account and I'll distribute that. Uh, the next one is a, I call it a create account. Um, it, it's a... Uh, creating as uh, from a personal standpoint. So creating memories, creating trips, creating, you know, whatnot. I, I throw another 10% into that account. Um, so if, you know, we want to plan out to go somewhere, take a trip, if, you know, whatever, I have a create account there. That's a fund, right? Because I like to play. Uh, and then I have a wealth account. Um, on that wealth account, I, I drop another 10%. And that's just, a, I think of that as a wallet, any, you know, extra expenses or unaccounted items or whatever it's on, it's on that, uh, on that bucket on that wealth bucket. And then I have a live account, 50% uh, of my income goes into the live account uh, and that's living expenses, mortgage, you know, car payments and, and, you know, all that stuff. And then I have a flow account on the flow account. I do, I pay off debt, any, any um, credit card debt, stuff like that. And, um, and investments. So I have a flow account and that uh, takes 20%. That's how I distribute my funds. Um, so it's 50% it's 50, uh, 50 to my live account and then the other 50% between the other four accounts. And, and I mean, that works, that works well because uh, I'm looking at the, uh, everything kind of going to place, everything that matters is prioritized on there. At least, you know, everything that matters for me, it's, it's prioritized on there. And, you know, I still get to play. I know what my budget for that is. I don't have to overkill it, yeah. um, you know extracurricular expenses are on the, on the wealth account. And, and I think, you know, knowing what to do with your money is just as important as making money, yeah. if not more. Yeah. So, so yeah, those, I think those three are, are, are my pillars for, for wealth. Yeah. I, I love it. Really the thoughtfulness too, on the distribution, you know, that's, I think that's really important. I think a lot of people don't think that much about that. Um, mm -hmm. They, they want to go on vacation. They just go, they want to, yeah buy a new boat they go buy a new boat they want to you know do whatever they they spend it but they don't really think about how much they're spending so all of a sudden they've spent instead of 10 percent, they've spent you know 30 percent in one category yeah and uh and really have messed up all the other categories and then <laughs> and then they wonder why well it's yeah they, they weren't paying attention right they weren't they weren't focused they don't even have that focus maybe so. Yeah, and and also I, I can't I can't um, explain the the effect of tithing. One, it feels really good when you tithe. Yeah. Um. And, and me, you can just you know culturally, it's it's not common to come in and I'm, I'm you know to come in and, and tithe. Mm -hmm. It's something that I learned later on, but the effect of it, the feeling that you get, you almost get a um uh, a helping high uh, per se yeah. when you're doing it. So it feels really good, one thing, but it also has this effect in your in your finances. And in that I can't explain it. And I just know it, it, it's an amazing thing. So, <laughs> yeah, I couldn't, I couldn't agree more. I mean, it always comes, it comes back full circle. It just does. And yeah, absolutely. Not sure why, uh, like you said, but, but it does, right? It does. <laughs> yeah. So, 
Awesome. Well, look, Raphael, have a, have a lot of fun with this conversation. Uh, you brought a ton of, of great knowledge to everybody. Um, really talking about, you know, the, the six steps for your systems, uh, talking about your three pillars, um, you know, talking about how, how you start in that business, all, all a bunch of great information. So uh, really appreciate that. How can our listeners get in touch with you, learn more about what you got going on and connect? Um, social media is going to be the fastest way. Uh, Instagram is Raphael or at Raphael.ceopulse, P-U-L-S-E. Uh, that's my handle. Uh, you can also find me on Facebook. Um, and I have a YouTube channel, uh, the CEO Pulse. That's C-E-O-P-U-L-S-E. Um, and I, I mean, I have a podcast on entrepreneurship there as well. Uh, we do a lot of, um, uh, if, you, if you're interested in coaching uh, and learning more about real estate investments and, and how to build that business up, uh, you can go to wholesalinginc.com and, and talk to one of our, our team members there as well. Yeah, th- those are going to be the best ways uh, to get a hold of me. Awesome. Well, that's great. We'll put those in the show notes. Uh, again, really appreciate it. And you have a fantastic rest of the day. Thank you very much. My pleasure. Thanks for having me, man. It was fun. Hey, thanks so much for listening. I appreciate you being a loyal listener. Say, I would love to have you go on to our Facebook page and subscribe. Uh, give us a thumbs up. Go on to iTunes or wherever you listen and give us a rating and review. Don't forget to subscribe. But your rating and review just helps us push this out to more and more people and continue to grow our audience and hopefully positively affect a ton of people out there that really need this and and want this. So uh, the other thing I've got for you is a free ebook on my website. So go on to VentureDProperties.com, VentureDProperties.com and download our free ebook on real estate and on syndication. And I've got some data points in there, some really good stuff for you. So I'd love to have you take a look at that. It's free. I'm not expecting anything from it. Uh, and, and also, look, if you want some help in multifamily, want some help learning, growing, getting your business off the ground, I would love to talk to you about what it would look like uh, to work with me potentially and see if that's a good fit. So you can go to coachwithdex.com and check that out and uh, we can definitely have a, uh, a call. Thanks a lot for listening. You make it a fantastic rest of the day. I'll catch you on the next episode.